You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's go. Let's right. Let's go. It's the C three B check. Brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. It's the C three Panthers podcast, where each and every week we put our ear to the streets and check the beat. We got a cool show tonight. Josh Klein from the Riot Report's going to join us in just a moment. Um, my wheel man. My sidekick, my actually, I would just say the sidekick makes it sound like you're my little guy, like my, like my, you're my equal, homie. We yeah, have I'm equal not a It's a wonder twin. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Uh, and we and there is a lot to ch- talk about uh, this week. The news has continued uh, to break. I mean, I won't say continued to break, but it's been a news week for a crappy team as the Carolina Panthers um, have parted ways with Joe Brady, their offensive coordinator uh, coming off a bye week and things uh, continue to be uncertain going forward. Uncertainty seems the kind of recipe for things. So Cody, um, as right before we intro our guest in, what's on your minds? What are the top stories for you, bro? As, as where I mean, obviously it's Joe Brady, what other questions are on your mind that as we check the beat? You know what? Surprisingly enough, Tony Dunn, like Joe Brady is so yesterday, man. All the rage is talking about how this offensive line has been so thoroughly mismanaged, man. That's what is on the tip of everybody's tongue on Panther Nation. You know, a lot of people uh, think Brady Christensen has been given the short end of the stick. Ah. Uh, if you get my drift. <laughs> so listen, um, you know, I, I, we have a great guest tonight. And um, look, as always, we have some of the best Panther fans in all of YouTube hanging out with us on a Wednesday night, Tony Dunn. It's my man, Drew. We got Peaceful Savage. 
Roosevelt Mongo, Ted CMs, The Real Roller, Tim Estes, Underground West, Richard Williams, Tony Dunn, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Like I said, uh, time to check the beat as we check in with Josh Klein from the Riot Report. Um, and uh, you got to say, momentarily, it felt like, actually, since we talked to you, Josh, last, it's been a roller coaster ride for Panther fans of emotion. And momentarily, I saw the pulse of Carolina Panthers fans quicken as we brought back Cam Newton. But that clearly was just like this. What is it? It's like a federal. What, what's when you get the shot? The adrenaline shot. You remember when in Pulp Fiction where they stabbed her, mm-hmm. stabbed her three times in the yeah. heart? Uh, whatever that shot is, that adrenaline, it wore off pretty quickly because, boy, things have changed. So, Josh, welcome back to the Beat Check. Um, tell us what's on your mind as you report on the Carolina Panthers continuously and uh, enduring this pain with us. Uh, no, uh, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Um, I'm a uh, – it's uh, – it's been a it's been a long when you say roller coaster it certainly has I mean when you think about where this team was at the beginning of the season where this franchise was at the beginning of the season or even like during the off season it seems like the uh, the Q rating for a lot of people in that front office in that coaching staff uh, in the in the franchise in the building at Minton Moorhead have gone down over the course of the past three months from where they were. It seemed like this team was um, certainly. I think. I think most most people that looked at the Panthers during the off season uh, of 2021 thought that they were heading in in the right direction, you know. And now I think a lot. I I, I don't know that I have my finger quite on the pulse uh, of the fan base, maybe as much as you guys do. But um, it feels like most people feel like they're going in the wrong direction now, right? Or at least. I think for me, it's less about going in the wrong direction or the right direction. It's just that I don't know what direction they're going in. Um, they just seem like uh, they, it felt like they were all moving in the same direction. The boat was turning. The oars were all pushing one way. And now it seems like it just seems like there's a lot of inconsistency um, in the building um, kind of from from the top down. And that is that is disconcerting because uh inconsistency obviously that that doesn't lead to uh victories it doesn't lead to success um in the long term so it's a uh it's not a it's not an awesome time sorry to be a bummer right off the bat but uh oh don't worry uh, (laughs) don't worry that's actually like is the most heartening way of describing it that uh a lot of people have had um, you tweeted this out a couple man this might have been last week or ten days ago. You tweeted out um the three and oh start may have been the worst thing that happened. Do you remember this? Uh that the worst thing that happened yeah. for this team, this coaching staff and the fan base. And I thought it was a very thoughtful tweet. You know, what I mean there was a lot to that because um last night on uh, on the C three Panthers podcast and we talked about how this is and we've and we've really been having kind of similar discussions each week it seems like they just every now and then are nuanced by some new development but at the beginning of this season or even 
well, I would say this is that you you could have told you couldn't have presented a situation to me where I thought that Matt Rule would not be the coach in 2022, right? I mean, is that I I would say his seat could get hot this year, but there would get a third year. Um, like you said, things were inching at least in the right direction. It felt like um, credited as a builder of programs. At least that's what a lot of people have told us. On top of that, he is the brand, the brand, the process, the process, doing these things the right way rather than panicking and doing all of this. And somehow uh, since that beginning, since the beginning of the season, um it feels like this is like it would just it would I would be more surprised if Matt Rule is the coach next year than I would be now. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, like that would be stunning. And it's it's such a turn. And when you said that three and no start, one of the things that made it interesting to me, and just to piggyback on your comment, was um, it's not the five wins that are the problem. You know, it's not the number of wins that I needed more to feel. It feels like we don't have direction and the people who we are looking to for continuity, the people who we are looking to for leadership are panicking even more than we are. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree. The one thing I will disagree with is um, I think barring a barring a five and 12 finish, I think, I don't think you're going to see Matt rule fired this off season. I think I understand where a lot of people are coming from. I think a lot of people are, you know, uh, are upset with how the season is going just like you are just like, you know, the, just like what we said, you know, it, it doesn't seem like they're heading in, in a specific direction. Doesn't feel like the moves that they're doesn't feel like what they're doing has intention, intentional, intentionality behind it if that makes sense i agree like no, just kind of going week to week um as opposed to it did feel like last season and especially even you know when you look to the draft uh not as much once sam darnold came to town but you know the way they were trading down they were collecting assets they were getting younger on the roster it felt like okay so this is the this is how this team is going to do it they're going to be young they're going to be exciting. Maybe they're not going to have that many wins, but they're going to be what the Charlotte Hornets are right now. You know, they're going to be, they're going to show you some flashes or not even what the Hornets are right now, what the Hornets were two years ago, where they're going to show you some flashes. They're going to be well coached. They're going to, they're going to execute. Um, and you're going to see, uh, you're going to see steps moving in the right direction from the coaching staff, from the young players, from the GM, from all of these guys. And I'm not sure that we saw a whole lot of that. I think you've seen some of these young players get a lot better. Um, I think they have some of the guys that they have brought in have been good, uh, you know, almost almost surprisingly good. But I think what you haven't seen has been um, that that arrow pointed in the same direction because it doesn't seem like uh, some of the things that they've done over the past eight weeks have moved them, moved them, uh, have made them better in the long term. And ultimately, I, I mean. I hate to just draw lines from one decision, but ultimately the Sam Darnold trade is going to cost everyone their job um, because it was, it, it was a bad decision. Maybe, As it should. You know, whether, whether it was, whether it was forced from, um, you know, whether, whether they were coerced into making that move or not, they still made it. And I think they were in the market for a quarterback 
and they wanted they struck out on Stafford, they struck out on Watson. They ended up with Sam Darnold, who was the worst quarterback in the NFL last season. He was the worst quarterback in the NFL this season. And you traded three assets for him that you needed to get better in a rebuild. And that didn't make any sense. There were there were a million different ways they could have gone with the quarterback. Um, I know Teddy Bridgewater is not anybody's favorite quarterback, but no, but we would have been better than yeah, and we would have loved to have him either. I mean, and you didn't even have to get Justin Fields. It would have worked if you had Justin Fields sitting behind him. But sure. still, is that uh, it got worse? Go ahead, Cody. Yeah. So, Josh, you know, I know you're online. You're on Twitter. You know, we've we've gone back and forth a, a time or two. So, uh, I know that whenever you do get the opportunity to ask questions. You know, you have an idea of what the fans want to know and what they're talking about. And, you know, as I alluded to earlier, we continue having this conversation about left tackle. And Matt Rule just refuses to believe that Brady Christensen has any business playing a left tackle because of the length of his arms. Brady Christensen even said in his press conference today that he had never played at guard until he came here to Carolina. So what is it? Is it just the arm length? Why is Matt Rule so dead set and determined on playing um, you know, Cam Irving and, and Dennis Daly at that left tackle position and instead of Brady Christensen, even after Brady Christensen even looked to show some promise at that left tackle position when he did have the opportunity? Um, I, I think it's a complicated answer. Um, I think that I will say, first of all, I don't think Brady Christensen played very well at left tackle. The first opportunity that he got, I think he looked better the second time that he, I can't remember exact which, which one was the second one, but the first it might've been the Washington game. The first yeah. one was, the first one was Philadelphia. Right. And, then the, and then the next one was Washington football team because all of the starting edge rushers were out. So a lot of people were like, yeah, Brady Christensen did well because he was going against the backups. Whatever. You can only block yeah. the guy that are in front of you. And, and that's like, and, and some, some days you're going to be lining up against backup ta- uh, defensive ends. Some days you're going to be lining up against Chase Young. It is what it is. Um, I, I think that they, they obviously, I mean, that this, this story has been well told. Uh, they are, um, that they thought that he was a better guard than a center. That's why they drafted him. They had a second round grade on him at guard, um, or I'm sorry, better guard than a tackle, excuse me. Uh, and they had a second round grade on him at guard and a third round grade on him at tackle. And it was clear from be- from the beginning that they wanted him to be a guard. Um, what has been confusing, and this is the same, this is the same thing we've been talking about, is if you wanted him to be a guard, then why were his first two appearances at left tackle and right tackle? Yeah. And, uh, like that, that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, if, if you, if you think he's a better guard than a tackle, there have been many opportunities for him to play guard, but yeah, right. he keeps getting thrown out there at tackle. Maybe he's the third best tackle on the roster. That doesn't say very, doesn't speak very highly of the tackles on the roster. But if the goal is to be better in on a long timeline, then then to me it says, hey, we think this guy's gonna be a guard. We're gonna put him at guard. And if if the left tackle position suffers, then the left tackle position suffers. But if you think he's the third best left tackle on the roster, that doesn't really that doesn't really make any sense nope. with 
with thinking that he's a better guard than a tackle. If that, like, if like all of these things are, they're just jumbled and they're not, it's not a clear message. Messaging has been a big issue, I think, from, from the Panthers as well. Um, that, you know, they, they probably need to improve on, you know, and that is, that has been, that's been my biggest question in terms of like how they, have they been using Brady Christensen? If you don't think he can play left tackle, I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't purport to know better than Matt Rule and Pat Meyer and, and NFL professional head coaches that are literally paid millions of dollars to, to evaluate guys. I, I, but what I can tell you is that if you tell me one thing, you tell, tell me you think he's a good guard, you keep putting him at tackle, though, that doesn't make any sense to me. So that, that's been my main concern with it. If they obviously they think that you need you need long arms. Matt Rule was talking today about how, you know, when you, you can get when when there's that much separation between the end and he has that much time to get uh, head of steam rushing at you. I get it. I've t- you know, you talk to guards, you talk to sure, you sure. Can understand why you like the idea of having them have long arms. And let's be honest, I get it. He was very good at tackle uh, at left tackle at BYU. Um, but BYU, the, the, their opponents are not. NFL defense events like they're they're just not so um, I I understand if you don't want to play him at left tackle but I don't understand the way they've gone about it over the course of the season he may very well be right he may you know Matt Rule may very well be right but it seems like he's trying to prove this to us at a time that it's unnecessary right and what I mean by that is like he may have short arms, but the guy beside you has a broken neck. Uh, Cam Irvin can't even play. Like we have nobody uh, on top of that is it seems like he's trying to win today. And just, I, I don't know. I like, why, why wouldn't you be working on player development a little bit? And I agree with you is this, if you believe he's a guard, then give him some, let's see him at guard. Um, My, my question for you is this is, are you surprised how fickle Matt rule is? And I'll give you some examples about this is um, I don't know is I last season. I thought this is I thought, man, all I wanted to see from this coaching staff coming from college is that they weren't in over their head. And I thought I saw that I am not one of those people that goes, oh, man, we could have called a timeout there and saved four seconds. You know, what I mean, like, is that like is that we all make errors? But I thought the team looked decently put together last year i thought that nobody looked completely out of sorts i didn't think any game plan looked like ridiculous i didn't think that but this year has been a for lack of a better word a shit show at every level uh whether it be um special teams having too many or not enough people on right i mean like all these small things but what i think is that's so surprising to me is that Matt Rule feels very reactionary. Week one, we come out there and rush Christian McCaffrey 33 33 touches, and the media goes, oh, are you going to do this to Christian McCaffrey each week? And then the next week, it's like a force cycle of putting Chuba Hubbard and these other guys in. And then he reacts to the headlines, I feel like, as more than uh, anyone. Are you surprised that he's not more steady the course? Because I remember Ron Rivera would not have he wouldn't have done he wouldn't have given a shit what we thought. Um 
Yeah. Uh, Ron, Ron's going to do what Ron's going to do. Um, that's whether, right. uh, whether that's a, uh, whether that's a pot, I think sometimes it's a pot when it's, when, when it's working, it's positive. When it's bad, it's negative. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know. I mean, to me, somebody that is so focused in on the process and the brand and doing the same thing every day, it, it is surprising to me that that all of these changes seem to get made on a weekly basis. Um, but and uh, if we're being honest, right up and right up to Joe Brady being fired. Uh, yes. Um, to me, if you are a team that is, if you are a team that is aiming to be better on a long timeline, firing your your offensive coordinator with five games left in the year, like I'm not sure what that does. Uh, is the point because he was going, he was his game plans were so bad that. Jeff Nixon is now going to put you in a better position to win over the last five games. If that's the case, um, then uh, then isn't he a young coach that you can make that you can improve? Because Joe Brady is, you know, the youngest offensive coordinator in the league. Uh, was brought in as somebody who had never really bit, had this kind of uh, responsibility in the NFL. And if you if you want to if you want to be a coach and a leader, it seems like. I, Personally, I would rather see them try to improve him, and then if that can't happen, then you you know you part your own you part ways rather than it on a Sunday of the bye week to fire somebody hey, five five games days late. It, it doesn't four it, or five it, days late again. Um, it just doesn't what, make sense. It just it just doesn't it doesn't really make sense. Like from he from seems a time- to do where the wind is blowing. Uh, and, and I think moving on from Teddy Bridgewater for for someone for this podcast who was very critical about the ceiling of Teddy Bridgewater at the end of the day is that we were with him like and stuck with him not stuck with him but they have moved in every direction at any light breeze I feel like and I, I feel think, like they read the headlines the light- dude. I don't think sorry, I sorry to cut you off, but just on that no, no. thing, I don't think the breeze about Teddy was light. I think that um if the first person that that started talking uh about how they were dissatisfied with Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterback was the owner of the Panthers, David Tepper, unprompted when they fired Marty Herney, came and answer came out and said that he did that, you know, when you're evaluating the quarterback position, you want to look at how they play in the fourth quarter and those stats count more and and just like very veiled, very, very thinly veiled comments about how he was unsatisfied with Teddy Bridgewater. And then it was all downhill from there. And I, personally, I, I have been on the uh, I, I have said since since the very beginning, Teddy Bridgewater got a bum rap. All he did was put four get the ball to four thousand yard uh, players with a team that was just as injured as this team is this year. And now they are ostensibly terrible on offense and they were respectable on offense at the very least. You see what he's doing out there. He was a leader Uh, to me. I think he got a bum rap um, because of this win. Now in uh, inconsistent attitude, because if you're building for the future, Teddy Bridgewater can be this quarter could have been the quarterback this year, but if you need to win in, in your second year in 2021, then get Sam he, Darnold. Then, well, or get somebody, or or I don't think it was Sam Darnold. I think it was get somebody else. Because I don't like what I'm seeing from yeah. Teddy, and I think a lot of people that are probably in the chat sure, probably sure. that they didn't yeah. like what they were seeing from Teddy either. And I get it. I'm, you watch some of these Denver games. You watch some of the tape from last year, and it's just like, ugh. oh, they're but, trying to get rid of him right now too. Yeah, I, 
I think there is a, they are, I read this really good piece on the ringer from um, Ben Solak about Taylor Heineke um, and how Taylor Heineke is probably never going to be a star NFL quarterback, but what he is, is he, he can, he has proven that he can be a, an average NFL quarterback. He can play in the NFL and there are not, there, there are lots of guys in the NFL right now that have not proven that or that have proven they can't play in the NFL. Sam Darnold. <laughs> so when you get a guy that can play in the NFL, it's like you, I, I would rather have that guy than, than take a shot on a guy because he was a third overall pick or because he's somebody new. Yeah. So uh, let's move to, to the quarterback position since we've already started to talk about it. The, the Panthers really don't have a lot of options going forward. I, I mean, I, I was saying this last night on the podcast. Panther fans are essentially hoping that no matter how our record ends up looking this season, you hope that you can see some sign of life from Cam Newton in these next five games so that way there would be some incentive to want to sign him to at least a one- or two-year deal. And the reason I said that was because what other avenues do the Panthers have to go down to get another quarterback on the roster? You have to hope that there's one that you like in the draft that you'd be able and willing to spend your top 10 pick on. Even then, you don't have a second and third round pick, so it's not like you can really build in the draft around that quarterback. Well, what is the answer at the quarterback position going forward? And let me ask you this even. Do you foresee a scenario where they let Cam Newton walk after this year and because Sam Darnold is on the hook for $18 million next year, they're just going to roll ahead, try and build up the O-line, and potentially give Sam another chance next year? What What's the future looking like at the quarterback position? If you don't get that asshole off the screen, damn it. <laughs> He's been trolling me with Minshew forever, and I will not stand for it. ECU, dude. baby. ECU. He played here for a minute. Would have been would have been better than uh I mean you could have had him for free this offseason. Hey, um, okay, so a lot of lot of stuff in that question. Um I think that isn't it weird that we're now like three years later and the the option again seems to probably be the best the best option going forward is just to keep Cam for another year. Like even even though you know, I, I think I and I will eat crow. I know a lot of people killed me. Um, I never thought he would be back. I never Me thought either. that. Me I, I, I never yeah. thought, like, literally right up until the day that he signed, I was on. I went on Mac and T-Bone show and was like, he's not coming, guys. I'm sorry. It would be a great story. I would love it if he did, but he's not coming. And then, lo and behold, here he is. Um, I, I thought that, you know... <laughs> the the way that uh the way that just men and the NFL work I just didn't think I just did not think that this uh marriage would come back together but you know what here we are and I and I'm glad that I'm very glad that he did because it kind of resurrected the fan base gave people a reason to care to watch um if you're a Panthers fan if you have any sort of connection with the Panthers and you didn't get at least a little bit emotional when he you know screamed I'm back into the camera um, I like to, I texted my wife. My wife was like, did you see that? And I was like, and I was like, uh, God, yeah, I, I, I was like, I'm emotional. Like it's, yeah, <laughs> it's hard not to, you know? Um, now all that being said, uh, I, I think there's a really good chance they let him walk again this year. And I think that it will just divide and murder the fan base just the way that it did the first time. Um, 
you know, I, I think there are, there is a, there are a lot of people that it does not matter what camp plays like over the last five games, they want him to come back. And I get that. I get that idea. Um, you know, he's the best player in the, in the history of the franchise, certainly the most iconic, the most famous, a lot of people's favorite player of all time. Um, I get it. Uh I don't think Sam Darnold will be the, the starting quarterback next year. You can cue the applause. I'm sure the, the chat's going crazy. This team has, uh, this team has made it. Imagine very clear. if it was, imagine yeah. this, imagine if it was, imagine if and it then was like, we walked out there and we saw Sam Darnold and Matt rule together to start the season. I don't even know how I do this podcast. And cam is the backup. How do you like that? that <laughs> Don't say that, man. We'll never invite you. Back. Oh, man. We would get more yeah. views than ever. Mm-hmm. Anger views. So much yeah. anger. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, hey, whatever. Anger anger clicks. They 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 work. Um, Lord knows. Uh, so I think that um, when you talk about I, – I think this team has proven over the course of the last two years. First of all, some of the things they do, I, I never – not only never expect, but I don't really understand. Like this team doesn't, they don't care about sunk costs, which is weird. Um, they were just like Teddy Bridgewater. We signed him in this big deal. It would make a ton of sense just to keep him for another year. Ah, let's get rid of him. Uh, Denzel Perriman, we signed this guy uh, to, uh, you know, whatever, two years, 6 million. And then uh, halfway through camp, uh, he's too small. Um, he's not vaccinated. Get him out of here. We'll pay half of the salary. Like they just, they're, they're not scared to, to make these moves, um, which doesn't really like, it kind of seems like it's one of those things where if it works, if this team is, if this team is eight and four, or even seven and five, I think a lot of people are like, look at this team. They did, they were, they were not scared to abandon ship on, uh, on guys that they didn't like They're They have strong opinions, uh, whatever, you know, like JC Horn gets hurt. They didn't quit. They go and get Stefan Gilmore, Ron Rivera and the team would have moved on like would have just that yeah, now the answer would have been on the roster. I mean, the, this, yep. team, this team has never like the the answer being on the roster. That's why when people are like they they would say, oh, we should trade for Stephon Gilmore. It's like, no, they're not going to trade for Stephon Gilmore. And then it's like, oh, now you cannot take anything off the table. That, and that was my mistake. And I think the Cam Newton signing will be the last thing that I will take off the table because I think now you just don't with Matt Rule and David Tepper. They clearly are going to do whatever they think is best to try and win games. Now, whether it's going to whether it's work, whether it's going to work, and whether it's going to help them in the long run, the organization are, are different questions. But they are going to do like they they obviously they wanted to win, and so they said, "Who is a quarterback that we can go out there and get that will help us win?" And Cam Newton was the answer, so they went out and got Cam Newton. I, I it is unusual to me that a team that seems to be focused in on, you know, getting better and having sustained excellence, the the phrase that David Tepper used so many times when they were looking for a coach, is so interested in winning right now. Yeah. Let me – I have another question I want to jump in here with. You know, uh, thinking about this game coming up here with the Atlanta Falcons, we're 5-7, and as are the New Orleans Saints, as are the Atlanta Falcons. Today, Robbie Anderson even said, um, when asked about Joe Brady, that you know he was confused about the timing of the firing because they are still in position to make a playoff push. My question to you is, uh, you know, and again, I know this is personal. I mean, I know you have no way of truly knowing this, but do you think Matt Rule 
and the coaches here in Carolina have any faith that this team can actually make an appearance in the playoffs this year? Or are they just kind of biding times or biding their time until they're able to get to the end of this season, take another, you know, off season to try and rebuild this thing to, to, to do it again. Like, is there any hope that this coaching staff can actually right the ship and turn it around with now a brand new offensive coordinator calling plays? Um, I, I, I think I can answer that. Um, yes, I think that they absolutely do think that they can make the playoffs. And that is the reason why they, that is the reason why they let go of Joe Brady is because they want whatever the, he thinks that Jeff Nixon gives them the best chance to make the playoffs this year. Um, wow. and, and whether, whether that's right or wrong, that's, that's obviously what he thinks. And that's why they did it. Um, and, and so I think that, yes, I think the, the thing is, is like, we, we look at, I think a lot of people, they look at this team and they're like, they got to fix the offensive line. And it's like, Matt rule knows that they have to fix the offensive line. He gets it. He's not dumb. He doesn't, he doesn't like look at this and he's like, well, Trent Scott, 0.0 PFF, but I think we're good. It's like, there's just nobody out there available right now. That's better. It's like Russell Brown. Off the street to help you. Well, Deontay Brown. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Deontay Brown in a second. Um, okay. uh, I think that, um, but the reality is, is that he looks at this team and he looks at all the talent that they have on this roster. Obviously now Christian's hurt and, uh, and you know, it's, it's less talented. Dante is hurt. These, these guys are now out for the season, but I think they do look at it and they say, Hey man, we're, you know, we're a blocked punt away. Um, we are, we're a fumble going our way. We're a bad throw going our way. We're, you know, a bad read, whatever from, from turning this thing around. Um, yes, they obviously they let they let go of the rope last week and the, and the, the defense fell apart or not last week, but two weeks ago. But that was also after, you know, they were in the, they were in the game at halftime. So I, I think when you look at this team, I think Matt Rule for sure thinks that they can make the playoffs, whether that's a good whether it's whether that's a good way to build your franchise to try and like, you know, say instead of hey we could be we could be better next year because we're still building to say you know rather than rome wasn't built in a day it's like well we've been building for like 12 hours so let's it's done um <laughs> and i think that it just it, it's just a confusing it's confusing messages that that's my thing it just seems like that these two things go at odds of each other but they they can still be true if that makes sense i i would be okay with that response if i got more of that sense from matt rule you know is that like he seems the least confident person though like while he's doing these things that are trying to win now i don't feel any i i i feel like the leadership is lacking and maybe when i say leadership i don't know what i'm actually technically mean by that look is uh ron rivera never got shook i tell you this is that that's why his teams win in November and December. They, I mean, they, he does not get shook and maybe it's loyal to a fault. You can call it, you can call it stubborn to a fault, whatever it may be, but he has resolve. He believes in himself when no one else does. The Carolina Panthers needed to believe in themselves when no one else does. 
when I watch Matt, Matt Rule go in those press conferences, I don't even know if he believes in himself at this moment. That's the concern I have with that. It, I, I understand your concern. I mean, two weeks ago, less than two weeks ago, Matt Rule said, if you believe in the process, you double down on the process. And then within two weeks, he fired the offensive coordinator. <laughs> so it's like, do those two things make sense together? No, they don't. of course they don't. But it's like, that's what we've been talking about this whole time. And what we will probably continue to talk about until this team either starts winning or there is a change. The, they, the two, the things that are, ha- it just seems like the things that are happening are not what are being said. Um, and then what's being said is something else is being said a few weeks later. So it just seems it's just very inconsistent messaging and uh, and direction, to be honest. What's the building feel like? You know, is that you guys get well, and actually, are these these press conferences, are they all on Zoom? Uh, some of them are on Zoom. Some of them are in person. Um, I've got my daughter someday, so uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like, more Zoom than more Zoom than anything else. But the the sense is is this is that uh, you know I, I just wonder what the the building feels. I, I you know what I would love to know is I'd love to have dinner with Bill Voth and not ask him any questions about the Panthers or you know and just see how these what's the sense because it creeps into the DNA of the room a little bit and um. I don't know. And look, actually, one thing you said earlier about with uh, the Teddy Bridgewater thing and David Tepper and the thinly veiled comments, I'm actually upset that Matt Rule didn't have more backbone. You know, is that is is Tepper is is Tepper really such a big, big force that like even somebody who is process oriented can't even resist this guy walking in the room and saying, this is what I want kind of thing. I just kind of wonder what the sense and the feeling is after 10 years of dealing with Rivera. I guess the question to me, the question would be, I I know, you know, I I said earlier, David, that, that Tepper was kind of the first guy to call out Bridgewater. But when you look at all of the win now, we can, we can do this. uh, Our, this is our year mentality that seemed to be coming from Matt rule. Um, I, I almost question like, would he, what did he say as what, did he agree? Did he say, Hey, I, I don't like what we're getting from the quarterback position either. We got to move on. And if it, and if it means that we got to give up future draft picks to get better, get get better, uh, then, then that's what we're going to do. And that's obviously what happened. So I, I think there, there are, to me, I don't feel like there are really personnel moves that, that happen without his signature on them or without his stamp. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that, that feeling is, um, oh, so you asked about the inside the building. Um, I think that this is really one of those situations where, uh, the COVID protocols are really hurting, um, the reporting that's able to be done, um, because of, because so many, so much of the stuff is on zoom, um, because, you know, you can't, you don't get access to the locker room. So like perfect example, I know it's not the Panthers, but like the Bills, um, the Bills players that get the, the reporter asked, 
you know, kind yeah. of an asshole question, but at the same time, like, it's a legitimate question. Like, I, I thought like, so too. I thought it was a, a good question. Raised it differently, but I think it's a fine question to ask someone that just that just had their ass handed to them on the ground. Um, and uh, because that had to happen at the podium, you can't get a sense. You can't talk to talk to somebody one on one. It has to happen in front of everybody. You you don't get those little. You don't get to see what the um, you don't get to see anything that they don't want to show you necessarily. And so you, you lose out on that. Um, especially in a, in a locker room that has Cam Newton in it. Um, you can usually tell what's happening from the soundtrack of what's playing, um, or, or not playing after the game. Um, so it's like, it, I, I think you, you lose out on a lot of that stuff. Um, but you know, the relationship that we had with Ron is, was someone was something that you were used to. So it's like, I don't know that we are, used to what Matt, the, the, the rhythms of Matt rule, um, yet. And I think that the reality is, is like everything looks dumb until it works, but if it doesn't work, then it never stops looking dumb. If that makes sense. Um, so I, I think that, you know, they, it's one of those things where well, then it has, is dumb. <laughs> if it yeah. never works, it turns out it is dumb. It, I mean, there you go. So it's like you, he, that rule has a specific way that he wants to lead a team and a franchise. And he obviously, you know, the, the reports, I, I, I believe the reports, and I don't want to quote anybody incorrectly, but I believe the reports were that he turned down the jets job because he didn't have enough power essentially. Like yeah, they, like, they wanted him. To, I heard they wanted, that, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I just heard that they, uh, he wanted full control of picking his staff. Right. And they didn't want to give it to him. And obviously the Panthers were willing to, which I think is what you should do when you hire somebody. Um, but, uh, you know, you better make sure that's the right guy. And and he has a specific way that he wants to run the team. He wants to run the franchise. And that's why you saw a lot of this roster turnover, because he wanted to bring in his his guys, Matt Rule's guys. Oh, he did. Um, he did. And, you know, if that's not going to work, you're going to have a lot of Matt Rule's guys in there and a new coach is going to be coaching them. So um, it's, if it works, then, then that's great. But, you know, so far it has not worked. Oh, Deontay Brown. I see him. I see them coming up in the, in the chat. Um, I don't think Deontay Brown is ready to play in the NFL. Um, I think he might've been had he had a full season worth of practice. Um, I think he, he just missed four. First of all, he lost so much weight from where he was playing in Alabama. Um, it's a big jump from Alabama. I get it. Alabama is Alabama, but it's a big jump from the sec to the NFL. That's just the reality of the situation. He lost 20, 30 pounds. Is that how much he lost? So something of that order. Yeah. Something in that nature. Then, then he missed four weeks. And I think a lot of people are like, get him out on the field. I think you're going to like, if you want to see what you have in him. If you put him out, if you just drop him out there after he missed four weeks and he and he hasn't played a snap in the NFL at, at this weight, he's going to get murdered out there. And that that's not good either. So I think, especially for offensive linemen, a lot of this stuff is about psyche. I don't think, I think one of the reasons why Brady Christensen started at right tackle is because they didn't want him, his first snaps in the NFL ever to be at left tackle and maybe have him play poorly. And then those are the kind of things like, it sounds so dumb, but like, you know, enough guys, sometimes they don't recover from that. They say, Hey man, I don't have, it. like, I, I don't, I, I can't do it. Um, and so I think you have to, you have to put them in a situation where they can succeed. And I don't think 
Deontay Brown, um, putting out Deontay Brown right now uh, is a good is a good idea. I think he needs to be out there at some point, but I think this week, his first week coming back off IR, actually last week he came back off IR, right? So he's been he's been practicing out there for five practices. You know, maybe he'll look good enough and, and he'll be ready. I would assume he'll be active since everyone else is either has COVID or a hamstring. Um, but I, I think, I think putting him out there to start, I think he's going to, uh, I think he's going to struggle and I, I would rather see him get out there and, um, and put some good tape on, put some good plays on tape, put a good show out there. And then, you know, a, just like we've been talking about, right? This is a longer timeline. I don't need Deontay Brown to be good this season. I just don't, but I would, I do need him to get some reps, but I want him to get the right kind of reps. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's been my criticism of Matt rule seemingly this entire year is that you have these two young rookie players and now by not giving them meaningful playing time and your point is well made about Deontay Brown, but I guess even more so earlier in the season with Deontay Brown, but also throughout the entirety of the season with Brady Christensen, it's like, you know, going into next season, we really don't know how many offensive linemen we need to upgrade in order to be a competent football team next year because in not playing Christensen and Brown, it's almost like we've kicked the can down the road on the evaluation process. And we really don't know what we have in those two guys and you're hoping the next year you're going to be able to fit them in and that they're going to be ready to play an NFL schedule. But they didn't get the reps and the time to do it this year. So all of those rookie mistakes that they're afraid of them making, well, now you've just kind of pushed that off onto next year, and you're going to have to essentially, you're putting this process on hold and, and making it even slower. You know, I don't know if I could be, uh, if I could do what you do, Josh, because I feel like part of my nature is I'm very confrontational. And I feel like I would almost ask questions of Matt Rule purposely just to piss him off. But Matt Rule, what is it specifically about Brady Christensen's game you don't think equates to being a left tackle in the NFL? Like, just to see if he would get mad or just to say, or if he would point blank say, yeah, well, his arms are short. Like, you know, just completely put it out there for him. I, I just feel like, you know, I would like to hear someone. And I'm not saying that you don't. But I feel like a lot of times Matt Rule kind of just says whatever gives people the coach speak. And he says a lot without actually explaining anything in detail as to why he makes certain decisions and kind of lets people parse through his own words and kind of piece things together there. I know there's no question there. I apologize for. No, no, it's totally fine. I, I, think, yeah. I think he kind of, he kind of did address that today. I, I think somebody asked him specifically, like why, why he can't, like what's the difference between tackling guard. And that was when he kind of like talked about how, you know, when you're a tackle, you want the longer arms, so you can get contact with the guy guard, everything happens closer in. Um, so you want like barrel chested and strong guys that can, you know, T-Rexes as everybody likes to call them. Um, but I, I think that, um, you know, I, I get it. The, the, yeah, it, it's, it's frustrating when, especially when you have, it's all the same. All these answers are the same. I'm sorry. I just keep saying the same thing basically, but it's like, all of our questions if, are the if, same. It's no, okay. no, no. But, but, but it's like, if the team, if you need the team to win this year, 
then that's why they can't play Deontay Brown and Brady Christensen. But if the goal is to be better and have sustained excellence, then the goal is to get these guys the reps whenever they need them and, and however they need them. But if, if they think, and they do, if their goal is to make the playoffs, they're whatever they are, a game and a half outside the seven seed, their goal is to make the playoffs or bust. I, I, I think playing Deontay Brown doesn't make any sense for the, for if that's your goal. You know, like, so if that's their well, goal, I, I would agree with goal. that. I would agree with that if you're also the other guards hadn't just let everybody through like a damn turnstile. <laughs> like, that's I mean, all- like, I mean, it was like, it'd be one thing if these other guys actually gave you a better chance, but I don't even know if I can believe that at this point. Um, what do you think we'll see out of Cam for the rest of the season? Oh, man. Um, a lot, this of, is rushing, such a hard a lot of rushing touchdowns. Can I tell you something? When they ran that option on third and one with Cam Newton as the quarterback, um, if he didn't make the decision to fire him right then, like that that may that would that would have been the moment for me because it's like this is the best short yardage weapon in the NFL, and you running an option between Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah doesn't really, and then and then and then punting it on fourth down or passing it on fourth down, um, it just it doesn't really make any sense, um, but. I think Cam is Cam is who he is now. You know, he's always going to have that rushing threat. He's always going to be the uh, you know a smart quarterback that's going to make the right plays. He's an incredible leader. He's going to get guys fired up. Um, but ultimately, you know, like I don't, he's not the same physical player that he was in 2015 or 2017. Even um, that that's just the reality of the situation. And so he's just a different player now than he was. Um, and, but that doesn't mean that he can't be, that doesn't mean in his words that he's not one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL. Sure. Cause he certainly is, you know, he certainly gives you a better chance to win than PJ Walker. And I like PJ Walker. So it's like, yeah. I, I think that, um, this is a, uh, this is a guy that is, you know, he's Cam Newton. So he's going to go out there. He's going to, he's going to give you a chance to win every single week. Um, is it going to be really good and really bad each week? You know what I'm saying? Like one or the other, or, or you know, I, I kind of saw how he played in Was- with the Washington game. You know, he was part of the solution in that game. He's part of the problem in the Miami game. Yeah. You know, it's like, as like, is this is, you know, is the truth in the middle or are we going to get good cam one or not good cam, but better cam one week or something. And then terrible cam. I need Cam to finish on a high note. And when I say a high note, I don't mean playoffs. I mean, I need my man to not look like a shell of, he's my favorite player of all time. Yep. It was Julius Peppers who got me in the football, but I have to admit, like there's been nobody else who has been so emblematic of being a Panther fan than cam newton i mean it's like nobody even and i i'm a steve smith kind i mean i'm he's he's great he's goat too but god i need cam to not go out a shell of himself are we gonna see shell cam maybe i mean i don't know I, I, i don't know either i wish i wish i did and i completely agree with you um one of the best the absolute best things about cam newton being back in carolina is that his last game 
will not be the end of that Tampa Bay game where he got booed off the field because they had handed it to Christian McCaffrey. Right. And that was that was a that was a um, a sad and unfitting ending for for Cam Newton. And I'm glad that he's back. And and, and honestly, if he had come back and done the uh, and done the intro. Um, and then left or, after, and, that. and then left after that, or or just you know, scored the touchdown, run out to midfield, done the Superman, and then just kept running into the locker room. Yeah, fired. Like that would have been that would have been incredible. Put his name up on on the Hall of Honor. Um, I agree. And I said this, and and Panthers Twitter crushed me um, for saying that I, before he got signed. That I really hope that he came back late in the season, led a team, you know, through the playoffs, and went out in a blaze of glory. Because that's what I want for Cam Newton is for him to have that that fairy tale ending. And there are so it is so rare that that happens in sports and in the NFL. And for it to theoretically happen, here in Carolina um, would be incredible. And you're absolutely right. I, I don't think that he has to lead them to a Super Bowl for this season to be a success. Or even the I, playoff, man. I just need a 300 yard passing game at the end of the season, two touchdowns. You know, what I'm saying a rushing touchdown where it's not like this. We cannot finish Cam's career in Carolina with a 1.8 quarterback rating. No, please getting, getting benched. Um, I, I think so. Let me ask you this, right? I, I'm I'm just just hypothetically, right? So let's sure. say they're six and six and ten going into week 17. They're eliminated from the playoffs. Um, or week 18. God, the 17 game week. I know it's so, tough. 17 game season. <laughs> so stupid. Um, week 18. Uh, are you, do you want Cam Newton to lead them to the win? That's going to cost you cost the Panthers three or four play, uh, draft spots. Would you rather get that win in week 18 or would you rather have the higher draft pick? The answer is absolutely. Absolutely. Is that if we wanted to lose out, it was last year. We don't have the draft picks to really tank, to really help us. And to be honest, even if we lose out for the rest of the year and we finish five and what would that be? Five and 12? Yeah. That five what, and, okay. yeah five we finished that. We're still like barely cracking the top eight or the top. You well, know what I'm saying? Like there are still teams ahead of us that have had worse seasons. Like we're not going to be in the top three by losing out. So right now, I think if there was a time to lose out, it was last year. Now Washington game hurt us tremendously, and I'm not saying you should. The players need to lose on purpose, but yes, I'm talking. This is, I hate to say it, but I want to run Cam into the dirt right now, and not run him into the dirt. But I'd hate to ruin his career twice. Imagine ruining his career twice in Carolina, man. Is yes, get this dude a win. He needs to go out on the win. A good game, two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. And if that's all I get, if that's the last moment with Cam, it's better than him being benched, like you said. But, Josh, also, there's, it's not like there's a specific player in the draft this year that Panther fans are like, oh, that's that's the dude. We got to have that dude. We got to go get that guy. Like, everyone's, you know, already talking about Kenny Pickett because of his ties to, you know, Temple and, and, and Matt Rule. And it's like, yeah, maybe, but it's like, okay, you're going to put a rookie quarterback behind another terrible offensive line. It, it is just kind of like, I agree with Tony. The fact that we have no draft picks, 
there isn't really a player that we can really pinpoint in the draft. It's like you might as well do everything you can to win. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I was I was just I was just yeah. curious what you guys yeah, thought yeah, yeah. about it. I, I, I think I, I think I have a weird um thought process on the draft because the draft is like the draft is really hard and you see so many, so many guys bust in the top three, which is insane. Like it, it's not even like, Oh, we drafted this guy at 18 and he didn't work out. Like you can right. even say the top, I mean, like the top the 10, top that's one. crazy. When you say top three, that's like, it was sad. I mean, look at <laughs> that. I mean, There's exactly. one of them playing quarter, not with a cracked shoulder blade, uh, trying to rehab. Right. Oh my stadium. God. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that, uh, you know, Sometimes I, I, I know a lot of people killed them for that that win last that Washington win last year, right? That that cost them the cost them some draft position. Yeah. Um, I think when this team when this team was building for sustained excellence, that Washington win felt like it melt, meant a lot more. Um, felt like it was like, hey, this team is going to never give up. Like they're they're going to you know he's got these guys playing for him. Um, now it feels different obviously but the reality is is like i i think that you know the guy that you drafted eight the guy that you drafted 12 you just have to pick the right guy sure. like rashawn slater they rashawn slater was went 14 right and so and that guy is a looks like a franchise left tackle 13 games in the season so um it, well yeah man they're saying about- he's all pro i mean like yeah. already all pro already uh, do you think the Sam Darnold injury injury is real? Yeah, I do. Um, really? I, I mean, do. Do, like, is so? The, all right, if that's the case, then does he, if he is ready to come back, in no. theory, why would they ever play him? I mean, like, or would they even give him an honest shot to compete at the end on the stretch for someone who knows the, like, if it's real. It feels so convenient that you, oh man, this team sucks. Sam Darnold was the worst thing ever. Oh, we had to, I had to go and let him suffer through this because I benched him last week and then conveniently put the IR. I think they, and I know this is 10 full hat, and I believe it is. They said, go in there, Doc, and find a something. <laughs> something that we can put this dude on IR. Look at that little little crack right there. Get out of here. Um, I, I think I think if they want if they didn't want to play him, they would have just. I would think he would have just benched him. Um, I, I think and just admit that think, they were wrong, like to the end. I think they're gonna admit it this offseason anyway. Like you said, so, sunk cost. So who? Can, so so I don't think they care. I, I think he. I think he cares less about what we think and more about winning. That's all. That's all he cares about. Whether it's good or bad, and whether he can or not, he that that is what Matt Rule cares about. Is he wants to win on Sunday, and whether he's doing the right thing to get them there to do it is debatable. But that's what he wants to do. And uh, like, I, I think that I think Sam Darnold is probably going to come back and probably going to practice at some point this season. I mean, there's still a month left in the season, which is insane. It's December eighth, and they they don't play their December eighth. Yeah, December eighth, and they don't play their they play their week eighteen game in in a month. 
a month from today. Yeah, so I know. I we could go to, to New Orleans. We could go to New Orleans. That's not even the last game of the year. Please do. I'll be there. Uh, New uh, New Year's Eve. Let's let's go. I know. I'm trying to. It's like what I've been trying to talk my wife into. And by the way, uh, you can tell this. Is this what I want to ask David Tepper, all these people? Is You know, we can get lower bowl tickets at the dang, uh, what is it, the Superdome? For like 130 bucks right now. Like 10 rows up in the end zone. But man, we got to go to Bank of America and sit... 27,000 rows up for the same price. Crazy. All right, uh, Cody, let's get the final questions in. Get yeah, on out. So, Josh, once again, thanks for your time, man. It's always fun talking to you. You have a great perspective on this football team. Um, my, my question to you is this. What kind of owner um, do you think David Tepper is going to be specifically over the course of this offseason? So, for example, uh, do you – uh, foresee, you know, either Cam or Sam Darnold being the, the best options going forward at quarterback? Or do you potentially see, I mean, again, there's a lot of ifs in this equation. Tony knows I have a very specific saying about ifs when you say them too much. But, uh, I mean, you know, if, for example, Deshaun Watson, uh, his name pops up again and we're talking about him you know, being able to play, and for whatever reason, he's able to clear his name in court. Uh, if he's on the block, and uh, you know, do you think David Tepper, even in spite of our low draft capital, and even you know our, our free agency money kind of being in flux as well, do you think David Tepper is going to have you know that itchy trigger finger again this year, and, and is he going to be pushing up Scott Fitterer? to kind of make a move at quarterback position, be it someone like, you know, Watson or Wilson or even Aaron Rodgers? Um, well, I think that they're going to once again go into the offseason unhappy with where they're at at quarterback. And so judging from their past, they're going to do something about it. Um, now, maybe they'll learn a lesson from the past two years and say, hey, maybe the best bet is just to go forward with the quarterbacks we have on the roster and, you know, and and improve the offensive line. And then we'll try to nail a quarterback in next year's offseason or next year's draft or however they're, they might want to do it. I, I, I think I will say this. I don't think they were they were never really particularly close on Deshaun Watson near the trade deadline. Um, it, it was. There was a lot of talk, obviously, um, but I think they were not, I think they were very close to Deshaun Watson before all of the legal stuff happened. I think that was, that was, they were certainly, if they weren't the leader in the clubhouse, they were right there with the leader in the clubhouse. I think they, they made it clear they were, they were the leader for Matt Stafford until Stafford kind of pushed it aside and said they wanted, uh, they wanted the deal from LA. So this this team is not scared to do what they want to do for what, whatever they can do to find a, um, they realize that quarterback is the most important position in the game and they want to do whatever they can do to improve that. Sometimes those decisions don't, don't end up working out. Uh, obviously as they did with Sam, as they made a mistake trading for Sam Darnold, but I don't think that that mistake is going to keep them from attempting to do it again next year. I I think that when you look at um, 
when you look at like where they're at, where these quarterbacks are, um, to me, Aaron Rodgers is the one that makes the most sense. Um, I think a pretty clear offseason path is what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did before the 2019 season, which is you use your one first round pick on a left tackle. You fill in the interior line, the interior line with guys that maybe could be a little bit better. Maybe you can improve them over the course of the offseason. But the reality is it's like Pat Elfline is pretty average center. Not a great center, but he could, you know, you put guys around him. He could be an okay center. You know, they obviously think Brady Christensen can play guard. So now you're really, you're drafting a left tackle. You're filling one position up front, bring back Hassan Reddick. Maybe now you have JC Horn, uh, AJ Bouye, and um, uh, CJ Henderson at corner. You've got this elite defense that was the number two defense for the first half of the year before they kind of lost control of the rope a little bit. And you say to Aaron Rodgers or to Russell Wilson or to any, what, insert your all pro quarterback here and say, Hey, look at this team that we have around. You have DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey's going to be back next year. There's too much money on the table, or maybe it takes Christian to get him to make that trade happen. Okay. Like if, if that's the case, then that's the case. But you look at how much talent this team has could have that if the, and it, it sounds so dumb because these are the two, the two most important things in the NFL, if they can get the offensive line figured out and the quarterback figured out, um, that they they can compete with anybody in the league. Um, I, I know that sounds super rosy, especially from where I was at the beginning, but I, I, maybe I'm just feeling a little bit positive, but it's like, I would we love to know see, what you're drinking. I would love to see that. I would love <laughs> to see them. I would love to see them beheaded in this direction, but it doesn't seem that way. If that makes sense. Like, I, I think that, that I'm just kind of talking about how this is how, what I would do. But I don't sure. think that's – I'm not necessarily – I'm not necessarily confident that they will do the right – that they will do the right thing because I haven't really seen a ton of the right thing um, over the course of the past two off seasons. Well, it does feel so far away until it's not. Um, and, you know, is that like this team after New England, I thought the whole season was over and then all the cam stuff hit and then this and that. And I have, oh, man, new leaf, new direction. You know what I mean? Like it – it doesn't sometimes it feels like it's going to take forever to turn around and um and then it turns around and you're like man it it can happen my last question to you is this is kind of um if you could know one thing about this season you know like if you could know the inner workings of something that happened whether it be um why the relationship between rule and Brady soured or um, Tepper not wanting Teddy or something like that. Like if there were, if there's one thing we could know that would give us more insight into this season and why it's been this way, what would it be? I, I want to know. Be, go ahead. I think, ahead. I think it would be um, why the virtual reality Panther does the same thing every <laughs> single week. Come on. But yet it's still considered like so awesome. like he comes on the people are texting like, oh, my God, is the Panther really there? And it's like he just jumps up and rips a flag down like that's all he does. Oh, my goodness. I was looking for more than that. Did I? Avoid, I mean, did you could have at least done this. Question? You could have at least said, uh, 
why did he have green eyes the first week after he ate the Jets flag? And then we were all like, why has he got green eyes? And then the next week they're like, nope, blue eyes, blue eyes Panther. <laughs> See, that's re- that's reading headlines right there. That's that yeah. that's somebody that was like, oh, we can't, we got to get rid of those green eyes. No, I I understand your question, and I I, I um, it's a good one. It's a it's honestly a question. Um, I think one of the things I would really like to I I don't know. It's it's tough to say. Yes, I would like to know. Um, I think I would really, what I would like to know for a fact, and I think we all would, is just how much, um, influence on a day-to-day basis David Tepper has over the football operations. Um, because I, I think we all, we all make assumptions and I think a lot of times you make these assumptions and they're just not right. And, and you, and then, and then you build out these storylines, like that's, that's one of the tough things to not do. It's like you build out these storylines in your head and then everything that's happening lines up with what you think has happened in the past, but the thing that happened in the past never actually happened. So now right, the, thing yeah. you, the thing that you think is proving that this thing happened is just another thing that happened. And so it's like all, all of the, it's once you get something in your head, you tend to be like, okay, this is like all of these <laughs> things are being driven. Like, you know, people are, everybody thinks that, that Dave Tepper told Matt rule to fire Joe Brady. Right. Like a lot of people like that, that's a storyline that I think a lot of people believe. I don't necessarily know if that's the case, um, but I, you know, you don't fire your offensive coordinator without feeling some pressure to, to do something. Um, so whether that was audible pressure, whether that was just a feeling pressure, whether it was just kind of like, Personal pressure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You Are you uh, perceiving pressure? One of the things that I work at a community, uh, work at a community college, and sometimes I feel like our own department puts pressure on us that we think what the administration is going to want, and they haven't even told us these things yet. But we're kind of like anticipating the mm-hmm. pressure. I want to know if Joe Brady was Matt Rule's guy, because there's been a group of people that tell me that uh temper paired joe brady with matt rule and i just find it difficult to believe that matt rule who brings everybody from baylor is going to bend on this one thing and be like okay well i'll let you force this guy down i just want to know what was the break where you was matt rule wrapped up in the lsu joint so much and was and who the hell's pick was Teddy Bridgewater? Was that Brady and y'all? Was that I don't want. Those are the two things I want to know. Um, the second one I think it was uh, I think it was Marty more than anybody for Teddy Bridgewater. Thanks. Um, I think so too. I agree. The um, the first question, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like I I, I honestly don't know. I'm not. This is not. I'm certainly not doing any sort of sourced reporting. Um, to me, it seems like he got this, he got this gig where he can go out and hire anybody he wants. And he was like, well, how about if I get the super hot, the, the, the dude from LSU that everybody wants, like I, he can come like he, yeah, next he, wonder I can boy. Him and, and he's interested. And so I can, I can be the guy that brought Sean McVay to the NFL and then I'll be remembered that way. And, and not only that, but our offense is going to be awesome. Yeah, that's that's who I would like to bring. And it's like and and he also brought his guy too. Like Jeff, he brought his guy. His guy is here. His guy is now there off he's calling the plays now. So it's like I I think to me that that's what 
that's if if I was if I had been Matt Rule, I would have been like, yeah, well, who's the number one offensive coordinator? Who can I get? Personally, I would have brought in an ex an ex NFL head coach. I was screaming that from the rooftops when he's putting his staff together, but um, he didn't. So again, like these are the things like it, <laughs> I, not what I would have done, but that that's what he did. And so a lot of times it's like just try to react to what actually is is happening. So Josh, I have. I- I have one one more real fast, super quick question. No, for if, sure. If the Panthers get absolutely dog walked by the Atlanta Falcons at home, I know you just said, you know, we're, we're kind of postulating that Matt Rule, he'll be afforded that third year. I kind of think so too, even though I don't agree with it. But if the Panthers lose another home game to a division rival, when they're tied, when they already won the first game, is there any way that Matt Rule could potentially be at risk of losing his job if you know a doomsday scenario plays out this Sunday in the bank? You mean like, like Sunday and Monday, dude? Like, I'm like, talking like a, like, like, a, like a Black Monday type of situation? like four, like um, four, like forty to three, or, or, or oh no, know, no, no, yeah. Let let your mind go crazy, man. Like a uh, like a Hiroki Nakamura type of situation. Oh, dude, um, as bad as you can think. Um, I think, uh, you know, I just honestly, first of all, I'm gonna do exactly what I said that I wouldn't do like 20 minutes ago. I just can't see it. Like, I, I just don't. I don't think that you bring a guy in that has a reputation for building programs, and every single time. I mean, the, the like, it's. It's like it's a script, right? It's like th- the third year they get they're okay the first year, they're better the second year, and then the third year they're good. Like they just it has happened in the last two spots he's been, and whether it can translate to the NFL, uh, who knows? But like they they do still make this jump. But to me, it's like I, I just don't, I just can't see it. I, I can't see it. But that being said, a lot of things I couldn't have seen in the past that certainly happened so uh, who the hell knows that's the fun part of watching on sunday right yeah it certainly is man for sure um i'd I'd like to encourage everybody to go check out the riot report uh here's some headlines that are since this is the beat check these are the headlines out there right now out of lifelessness panthers now need to save their own season panthers Seven round bye week mock draft. We're already in mock draft season. Mock draft Good season, Lord. baby. Oh my gosh. How ton did the Panthers trade, ton of trade downs on that mock draft too? <laughs> so it's fun. How did the Panthers get into this mess and who is to blame? These are the types of stories that are floating around the beat this week. Josh Klein from the Riot Report, man. We appreciate your time. Tell them how they can find you on social media and what's going on with uh the riot. The Roaring yeah. Riot, to be more specific. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Klein Rules. Follow the Riot Report at our Riot Report. Um, my fingers don't work as good this season because I have a six-month-old daughter. Um, that was why I was drinking whiskey with no ice. Um, Welcome to the but, life, homie. You are now yeah. an alcoholic, homie. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't already, now you is. I like to think of me as uh, as just you know a pleasant a pleasant lush, um, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the Roaring Riot, if you guys aren't familiar, um, it's the, the fan club of the Carolina Panthers. Um, RoaringRiot.com, we go to every single away game. 
Um, we have a huge home tailgate before every single tailgate that has free food for our members, um, drinks, uh, our $3 donation, Jack Daniels, Tito's, Nota Brewing, um, uh, powered by Pepsi, um, literally at the corner of Moorhead and Cedar. It's the, it's the big tailgate with a thousand people at it. That's the Roaring Riot tailgate. Um, so uh, I would encourage anybody to stop by this Sunday, see what it's all about. It's a $10 guest fee. Um, you're going to spend more than that anywhere that you go. Yes. Um, yes. Go, man. Everybody's nice. They're all Panther fans. There's food. There's booze. Lock arms, man. You guys are talking about change the culture. I'm trying to say we need to make a culture now. Yeah. It felt like we, there was, there was a point where we were sort of like changing it and now it's just, yeah. all, I mean, like we got a lock yeah. arms and hold together. We took one step forward to take three steps back. Gosh. It's the the worst part of the worst part about um, what has happened over the course of the season was the apathy that was happening in the fan base. And it's just, it's just sad to see. And it sucks more than anything else to go to, to go to a game and see it, see the upper decks covered in purple or green or red or whatever the op- opposite team's color. It's just disheartening. And it's not just disheartening for fans. It's disheartening for players. It's disheartening for coaches. Nobody wants yeah. to see that. So it, it's, I, you know, if you have the opportunity, if you live in Charlotte and you're a Carolina Panthers fan, I get it. They, there's a there's a chance they're going to lose. There's a chance they're going to be embarrassing out there, and you're going to spend your hard-earned money to get to 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 watch them get embarrassed. But you know what? Sometimes they don't get embarrassed. Sometimes Cam Newton scores a touchdown and he runs out to midfield and does the Superman, and and you're there for that experience. Or not only that. In a game that they lost against the Minnesota Vikings, they got the ball back down by eight with less than two minutes. They drove down the field. They scored a t- touchdown and a two-point conversion. And then the Vikings came down and missed a field goal, which sent it to overtime. I get it. They lost ultimately. But that 10-minute that period is why you are a fan, is for that 10-minute period of being so excited that you just cannot believe that this is happening to your team, even though the season hasn't been going great. Things were pretty terrible. Sam Darnold was the quarterback at that time. It's like in that moment when they missed that field goal, you're hugging your friend, you're hugging the people next to you, you're high fiving. That's why that's why you're a fan of a team. And the Roaring Riot wants to bring as many fans together as possible, whether it's at the game, whether it's at the bar, whether it's at your friend's house. Go and watch the game with other people. Don't watch the game by yourself. I get it. They may lose. They may. It may be frustrating, but it's better to yell at your friend about how much you hate uh, Matt Rule. Yeah, is it's better uh, to be angry than to not care at all. And if your ass is in Charlotte, get your ass there. Us people, some of us got to drive five hours there and back, and to get there, and we got to try to make that hustle and either take the day off work. We got Josh from Mass. We got Nick Montier. They drove down from Massachusetts this year. Poor guys, three years in a row making this giant trek. Um, and one a year, who's the, the uh, keep pound in? Yeah, who's he, he, yeah, he came from Ma- Massachusetts Boston. too. He brought the whole yeah. band down, Dalton and the sheriffs. It was great. Yeah, I mean, and these guys, they make that trek, and I know they can't make it every week. But if your butt is in Charlotte, get down there. Hell, even just go damn tailgate at the stadium. Who cares? Uh, that's, that's that's nothing. We see guys from the German the German riot were uh, they were at the game a couple oh, weeks wow. ago. Um, you know, God from, bless from, them. From Can- Paul's coming down from Canada. Like it, it, 
people are making treks to see this team even at even at five and seven. So I think you know if you live in Charlotte, come down again, just like just like Tony said, come to the tailgate. You don't have to go to the game. Come and have a bunch of beers and then go watch the game at a bar. I get it. You don't want to spend a hundred bucks on a ticket? Totally for sure. Like although I don't think on Sunday you're gonna have to pay a hundred, but um, don't don't get if you're a man. The worst thing is not caring. That's the worst thing is don't be a, a soccer fan. <laughs> and when I say that, it's like you can be a soccer fan, but like don't change sports, folks. We go. We'll get through this. We'll get through. Well, you this. can be you can be a Hornets fan too. I mean, like yeah, you go should, to that. You should you should like both. But um, uh, but the reality is, is like you know, I, I would imagine anybody that's watching C three. And, and that's one of your great listeners and, and viewers. Like they're they're fans. Like you're you're not like a. It's not like oh, yeah. hey, did the Panthers play yesterday? You know, like that. That's oh, not yeah. happening. I know we um, care about no. practice squad players, bro. Like these people yeah. in the chat, they tell us they've been hitting us up, and they'll be like, "You see this move?" I'll be like, "No, nah, man, I was asleep." And hey, listen, <laughs> we, we've we, you know we built a really a really cool community here with the C three Panthers podcast, and we always say it like this: we do a post game show. And we're, we're, the, we're the therapy session. We're your Panthers therapy session, but you get to come and vent after this team inevitably disappoints you for, you know, going on four hours. You might have more fun here than you did watching the football game. And uh, I'm sure that's true of those tailgates that you guys do, too. It's one of those things if you are – how long have you been married, Josh? Uh, great oh. question. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Uh, seven Gosh. years. Too long, Josh. Seven years. Long. Seven years. Um, <laughs> the the thing is this is that marriages go through their ups and downs, but the the worst, the scary part is when you don't fight anymore. And what I mean by that is like if there's no passion at all, then you gotta worry. Yeah, you know, absolutely. it's like it's better for y'all and not y'all too. But like, is this is that fans? It's OK. We'll get through this. Just stick with us, folks. Just stick with us. We got to stick with them because it is it will be sweeter. It will be sweeter when it turns around. All right. Josh Klein, the riot report. That's the C3 beat check, man. Thank you for our, for your time tonight. We're so generous with it. Um, and uh um, maybe you go rub a little whiskey on those gums of that little baby. That's what my mama said. She used to do. My shift goes until midnight. We we split the night up, so um, so oh. I'm, I've got another hour and a half to uh, to keep my ear out, and then my wife takes the uh, takes the takes the tough part. But she she she's got help to put her back to sleep. I, I have to. Yeah, I have to do you don't have boobs. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't have the <laughs> artillery to go in there. I don't have the weapons. You're not packing heat. Not All right. <laughs> Fantastic stuff tonight. Thanks, guys. Cody, take us out of here, man. Until next time, Panther fans. Keep pounding. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.